pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's R&R in the morning, a Friday edition. He's Rudy J. I'm Rob Thompson, and we ain't in Kansas anymore or San Antonio. Sitting comfortably in uh, Boston as we are on Radio Row for the Army-Navy game presented to you. Yeah, it is a bit cooler than our comfortable confines. And it's going to be a good hour. We're glad you're with us. And one of the great things about coming together for Army-Navy game, it's such a large family environment. I just, It's one of the best things we do every year because we get to speak with one of our best guys every year. Uh, Rick Neuheisel uh, sitting in with us. San Antonio ties for sure. Working the game for always. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Coach. It's fun to be with you boys. And just for this segment, can we name the show R-R-R? Yes. We, let's do we, it. We'll can just, we do that? I'm, I'm, I'm fine I, with that. just kind of rolls off it your does. tongue. <laughs> 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 let's do so that. So we, we say let's real, that, raw, and uh, Rick. Rick. There we go. Yeah. That, we're, we go. Uh, <laughs> first of all, Coach, it's always great to see you because because it's it's the perfect ending to a regular season of a controversial football. We mm. kind of we put a the the end of the regular season of college football in the right way in an environment that kind of harkens back to the good old days. Well, you, know? you guys are right in the thick of it right there in San Antonio, Texas. You have uh, the Texas story as they uh, punch the right. ticket for the first time to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. This Austin is what sixty five, sixty Just miles a little north, that. yes, sir. Yeah, Stones and then you've broke. got Jeff Trailer right there in town who Most was we had to the conversation. We had to fight uh, to both keep Texas A&M and Houston. Yeah, we had uh, to fight. I mean, goodness gracious, and uh, the Roadrunners were right in the thick of things again. So, uh, yeah, you were right in the, the crosshairs, it, it, given it, all that's going on at Texas A&M, whether it be the changing of the guard of the head coaching position mm-hmm. or the, the battles with the NCAA as they uh, – started to incentivize their mm-hmm. booster group to uh, become part of a collective, which is a complete departure from the way things used to be done uh, in recruiting. Yeah, we, you were right there. You, it, are, you know, to you're, be you're in those in the eye of the storm. And, and, and certainly there's a level of familiarity that we have with the process, though it might have not have been talked about openly, but the, the you know, the portal transfers and the, the incentivizing of getting players, and we're all hats at this, you know. Uh, we're, we've been giving away cars and money for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's an uh, and the legendary stories about that. But you know, let's talk about that for a bit as we kind of look at the different sides of college football. Your experience with Colorado, what they were, what they went to, and what they have become under Dion is certainly the most representative of the modern era of college football. It was the epicenter for three weeks. Right. It was, yes. I mean, everybody who loved college football was trying to get a ticket to Boulder, you know, trying wow. to get there and be a part of that scene that Coach Prime had created. And I was with Dion uh, in his final year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He was in Baltimore, and I was still on the staff there with the Ravens. So I have great appreciation for who Dion is, and uh, he's the real deal now. The question is, can you build a roster in the way that he's trying to build a roster, which is you know, kind of free agency? 
Poor, you know, he said he was bringing his luggage and it was Louie. And, uh, <laughs> you know, how much of it ended up being Louie and how much of it ended up being kind of old man Samsonite. Or, or I don't knock know. Off. Yeah, yeah, knock, knock off, off stuff. Exactly. Uh, the bottom line is it's, it's, it's painstaking to build a culture and to get the kind of people that fit the culture. And it can't happen overnight. It just doesn't work that way. I guess once in a blue moon it does, but uh, more often than not, it takes more time than that. So we'll wait and see what uh, becomes of the program there in Colorado. But for a while, it took the nation by storm. And, you know, college football, given all the stuff that's going on in the peripheral, always delivers. Mm-hmm. The, the 18 to 22-year-olds always deliver. They love the game. They're becoming more and more talented as we get older. Uh, and we've got great coaches out there that know how to get them in the right places and, you know, scheme up uh, both offense and defense. And we were treated to a great college football season, such that an undefeated Power 5 mm. team didn't get into the playoff. That is Rick Neuheis, a college football analyst with CBS and ESP, and no one has seen more football than you, and especially as a kind of a West Coast-centric thing as we see the end of the Pac-12. can't even believe we're saying those. What was, and what was Donna rem- Summer is going in my head, you know, the last dance. Where's the mirror ball? But, and the, what a way to go out. The Pac-12 was a, as good a conference as they have been in 10 years, and, and yet, that's without USC being good. And yet the college football committee almost forgot that. We, the, the Washington, as an undefeated team, was sitting outside the top four for much of the ranking. Right. Uh, and all of a sudden, people were forgetting that the Pac-12 was sitting there. Uh, as I guess there was enough respect for Oregon as a one-loss team. They were nine-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington, the undefeated team. Uh, that was mismanaged by whoever was in Vegas making that line. We were destined for for a travesty. We yeah. were, uh, yeah. given the given the situation, and you talked about it with, with with Florida State. Is it justifiable? I mean, is there justification for what occurred, or was this just the perfect way to end this silly? System? We we built this we built this thing for that uh, limo scene in The Bachelor, right? For, for the team that's being excommunicated because they didn't get the rose. We didn't know it would be an undefeated team, but uh, we built this with four spots and five conferences. We were going to have that scene where someone was jilted. Uh, this time, it was a blue blood in Florida State, an undefeated blue blood, and uh, I'm glad it's behind us. Let's get to 12. No, you're you're absolutely right. Now, it's already hard enough just recruiting, Coach, but now not only do you have to recruit, you also have to keep your guys. Oh yeah. I mean, would re-recruit. You, yeah. <laughs> would, re- would you want to coach in this climate? You know, I don't want you in to complain some ways, about it. In some ways. You can fix things faster. Explain that. You can, you can completely overhaul like Dion did. Right. I mean, there was luggage coming in, which means there had to be luggage moving out. Mm-hmm. Right. You can change your roster. Mel Tucker at Michigan State a couple of years ago went and got a running back out of Wake Forest and a number of other kids and all of a sudden won 11 games and got himself a $90 million deal, $95 million deal. Now, things didn't go. <laughs> yeah, be careful how you did it. Exactly. Right, right. Uh, but... But you can change. Uh, Lincoln Riley changed the fortunes of USC. Again, you go so fast. Do you really get what you need? Uh, because you're, you know, pulling off the shelf before you've really evaluated. Uh, so you got to be careful. But yes, th- there is an opportunity to fix things quickly. There is also 
unfortunately, the opportunity to lose things. And that's why the NCAA changed the rule when the season's over. you got a dead period to re-recruit your team and decide who's going to be in and who's going to get nudged out. You saw Kyle McCord, the quarterback right. at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a conversation that goes like this. Kyle, we're going to go look for a quarterback. We like you. You're going to be able to compete for the job, but we are not going to tell you the job is yours. We're going to go try to get a Cam Ward uh, or, you know, a, Ry- a Riley Leonard you yeah. know, from Duke. We're going to go try to get one of those guys and Kyle and probably his inner sphere, probably dad or something like that. Quarterbacks dad are notorious for this. We're taking our ball and going home. This is Coach Rick Neuheisel joining us here on R&R. I love your perspective. You'll be doing the game, and I want to compare what we're talking about toward the game and the players that are in this game. But you touched on a couple of things that are so vital. In San Antonio, you brought up Jeff Trailer, who was a very hot property. Mm -hmm. And one of the issues that Jeff Trailer is running into at UTSA is just, quite frankly, money. There's just not enough money for anything in the the conference that they have joined as they have upgraded. And there is a constant, and it's an ongoing issue with Coach Trailer in these mid-level schools of uh, being poached and coach trailer has talked about it like they're already calling my guys already yeah. other teams other schools and he and he told us they're here, triple I'm finding, a they're triple a i'm finding out through the high <laughs> right. school coaches they don't want me to know but they're already poaching it is there a fix to this given the way you talked about it, it's a way to change your program overnight here here is my hope and i don't know that this is a realistic hope uh the likelihood is small but here's my hope. We have no one in college football right now that has the, the job description to look at this whole enterprise from 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a job to look at after their conference or their team. Uh, and so no one's a bad guy. But at day's end, this collective notion where we're asking boosters for more and more money to pay players, and it's strictly that, pay for play, mm-hmm. is non-sustainable. We have to go to rev share. We have to go to the television place and say we're going to have to give, just as professional enterprises do, there's going to be a 35 40% collectively bargain that's going to go to the labor force, which is our student-athletes. Right. They don't have to necessarily be employees. And I saw the president at Baylor talk about this mm-hmm. in response to the new president, Charlie Baker's Ideas. notion that we're going to start giving these kids jobs within the university and work the NIL uh, space out of the university rather than try to uh, offload it to outside enterprises. If that happens, then the way to grow the television pie is to go to the marketplace as one. You can't go to the marketplace as SEC and Big Big Ten only because the Big 12 and ACC are going to be left behind. Right. We've already left the Pac-12 behind. They're, they've been excommunicated. Mm. If we want this to be what is sustainable, we have to go as one. That was a Pete Rosell axiom from years ago in the NFL. All of us need to go as one. The NFL spins out $10 billion a year from television. Right. College football right now is at 3.5. There's no way we're 35% as popular as at pro football. Man we can man. be every bit as popular. Yes. But let's just say we want to get to 70%. 
of that deal. That's just doubling what we are making. If we can do that, there's plenty for the students, and I mean all students, not just football players, but the women's basketball the Title IX, the Title Nine things get checked off there. Now you can go to the the courts and say, you know what, this is a fair. Now we can regulate the movement, uh, give kids two-year contracts so there's an opportunity to go someplace else. But there's also stability. There's money for the kids. There's insurance for the kids. A springboard for life because the one thing we know is these kids are not all going to the NFL. They're going to about 2% are going. So we need to give them some leg up as they start their futures outside of the game. And in so doing, we can make this a wonderful enterprise. And programs like UTSA, whatever that dividing is, can be solvent. Can, they, they can, and they can when the compete. tide rises, right? And those two-year deals can be, I can keep my two-year deals. And if, if there's a trade... Okay, somebody says, I'm going to go to Texas from UTSA because I want to play on that stage. Well, then somebody from Texas can come to UTSA and be a part of that program. Somehow, some way, we can make this all fit and be sustainable as a model. Not necessarily all equal, but uh, certainly all sustainable. I'm running with that. I, that's the first time I've heard somebody, you know, Say revenue sharing because you, you look at NBA. Everybody does it. That's it has what to happen. The little guy has to have somewhere yeah. to uh, eat, and then it doesn't come down to the city. And the great trying thing to about figure the out NFL how to raise the money. The Cincinnati Bengals, who were down on the bottom at right. the bottom, all of a sudden get a guy like Joe Burrow, and they there go, go to the Super Bowl. Absolutely, Army Navy. What separates this game from most college games for you, Rick? The commitment. I mean, we love. Our athletes being committed to the team enterprise, but think about the team for these two mm-hmm. programs. The team is much bigger than themselves. This is when you're on the sideline for the beginning of this game, you look into the faces of all the march on, you know, cadets and midshipmen, and you're like, these kids aren't old enough to be making this kind of decision. Right. You know, that they're right. going to put themselves in harm's way or, you know, and think of something bigger than themselves at 18 years old, 19 years old. And yet you just see the pride in their faces as they march on. They're not playing that day. And then all of a sudden the guys in the uniform start coming out there and you realize they're not playing at Alabama. They're not playing at Georgia, but they are playing. And the intensity of the game is such that you just get a warm place in your heart that, you know what, this is, this is really, really special stuff. Uh, I tell all my friends all over who ask, you know, what's it like to go to the SEC championship game or coach in the Rose Bowl and all that stuff. And I said, listen, go to an Army-Navy game True. and you get Same. it and you Same. feel it, what, what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's the biggest bucket list of things that I've done in my college career, uh, and I can't wait to do it again. I love that we're moving it around. Yeah. The folks here in the Boston area and Providence cool. area are so excited about the game. Signs all over the towns. Welcome. You know, uh, So it, it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I've got some trivia questions for you guys. All right. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay, just, I, I mean, we got to get yourselves ready here. Okay, okay? let's so do it. This is a hun- the 124th game. Right. All right. Do you know what the records are? Who has the uh, edge here? I want to say Navy is up. There's seven Navy, ties. 62, 54, right. and 7. Yes. All right. Seven what ties. is the highest point total between the two in a game? Highest point total, I'd go. I'd say 50. Oh, I'd go 90. 70. 70. It hadn't been that high. 58 to 12, Navy in 2002. What is the lowest point total in the game? Well, I'm going to go 3. 10. Zero. 
They tied 0-0? 100 years ago, a 0-0 tie. <laughs> and on that note, even Steven, that is the head coach of Colorado and former Clinton Mangus employee, yeah, you Rick Neuheisel. Still waiting with us. on that yeah, check, We're all waiting on that They check, owe you coach. some money, Rick. <laughs> coach Rick Neuheisel stopping by for his regular. Thank you so much, Coach, for being who you are and doing what you're doing. It's It's been a genuine pleasure to catch up with him again.